You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Late Night Live. Hot topics discussed daily from 11pm onwards. Get involved by calling 0141-375-3434 or search Radio Ramadan 365. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh You're listening to Radio Ramadan 365 This is the late night live show which broadcasts every night from 11pm until 12.30am uh, It's been a great Ramadan so far for us presenting live on air And we had a great few shows in the last week or two uh, Yesterday we were doing a fundraiser for the Wheels to Heal project And tonight we've got a cracking show One that I've been looking forward to for quite a while and we're going to get straight on to it after we go for our recitation of the day. Before I do that, uh, let me present my co-presenter, Brother Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr, Assalamu Alaikum. Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you today Zen? Alhamdulillah, I'm good, I'm good. Honestly, like I said, we've all been quite excited for tonight's show because it's something that relates quite a lot to us as young boys growing up in Glasgow and to a lot of the brothers and sisters around the UK that are faced with, with similar issues to what we're going to discuss tonight. Yeah, I think these, uh, the topics over this weekend are the most anticipated topics so far of you know, the period that we're pre- presenting on the Late Night Live show. Of course, definitely. But look, before we begin, we like to start off every show with a dosage of Quran. And I've been presenting different uh, types of reciters from around the world. And tonight, someone that's a very close friend of mine that we all know quite well. So let's go ahead and listen to today's recitation of the day. Tonight's recitation of the day is by Qari Fati Sefragic from Bosnia. Subhanallah, what a beautiful recitation there uh, from Kari Fati, who is a close friend of many of ours in his recitation. That was when he was quite young and it's so nice to hear that once again and I'm sure I'll be doing another one of his recitations later on in the month. Now, tonight's topic is, is called Thug Life drugs money and music it's a topic that affects so many of us not only here in the uk uh, in, in glasgow but all over the uk and it's something that is really important that we discuss and uh, before we we go into open tonight's statement i want to introduce the guests that are joining us and like i said there's a lot of young brothers that are involved in late night live and uh, and i've included that today in the guests as well so the first person i want to introduce is brother seth elias he's a younger brother to me someone that i've, I've grown up with that we all know quite well as well and uh, he researched the show tonight so uh, seth do you want to say assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh how are you seth Alhamdulillah, Zain, I'm okay. How are you? What are you I'm, I'm good, I'm good. It's good to hear your voice. We also are joined by our <laughs> other co-presenter, uh, Brother Akub, who is from Rochdale. Akub, how are you? Assalamu alaikum. How are you, Zain? I don't know if I can be classed as one of the younger lads. I feel like I'm getting a bit older now, but you know what? 
excited to discuss uh, today's show. You know, you don't know how I feel as well when I'm I'm talking to some of these boys, right, that I've grown up with, and I'm like, wow, I'm five or six years older than them now. Am I going to be called uncle soon? I don't know, but <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, and last but not least is uh, another brother that's been helping us out with late night live. He's a local lad from here in Glasgow uh, that that always shares some great points and and our discussions. Brother Sammy, how you doing? Brother Sammy, Alhamdulillah. How are you, brother? I'm good, how are you boys? Okay. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Now look, tonight's show is all about drugs, money and music, the thug life mentality. And we've got so many points that we have to discuss tonight. So so let's open the show off. As Sheikh Hobliss mentioned, the thug life mentality is something that, that so many of us know about. And for those that don't know about it, it's something that you know uh, we're going to open up the show by discussing tonight. Now, what is the thug life mentality? I'm going to bring the guests in after you know i kind of describe what it is to me growing up here in glasgow you know and uh, being exposed to it i think a lot of it stemmed from the whole rap music kind of culture the two-pack the thug life the west side that's like that type of the uh, stuff that we were exposed to as youth through rap music and 50 cent and and seeing them you know smoking and and all these cool gadgets and cars and their videos it's, it's that mentality that's affected not just the men now and the young boys, it's also affected the sisters as well. So it's, it's a great way to start off the show with that reminder. And let's get straight into it. Let's go over to Akub. Now, Akub, you've grown up in Rochdale, similar age to me. To you, what is the thug life mentality and where does it stem from? I mean, from what I've witnessed in terms of what people kind of think the thug life mentality kind of is this day and age, is I think people kind of feel like they're bigger than the rules, you know, the moral rules of society, you know, the legal rules that are put out there by the government. Um, and like, you know, Sheikh Hoblos mentioned about egos, you know, egos the size of mountains. You know, a lot of people who kind of, unfortunately, have this kind of mentality, a lot of it is is driven from ego. And yeah, I know you mentioned, but where does this all stem from? I think it's difficult to kind of point out one thing where this stems from. I think it's a collective of you know like you said music um movies the society that that we live in this day and age you know the culture um and the environment that we kind of surround ourselves in and um we'll touch a lot lot upon it obviously throughout the show i don't want to kind of say everything right now but yeah i think a lot of it kind of stems from you know different parts of society and kind of because obviously you know from the ages up until adolescence you're kind of under your parents wings and obviously they teach you what's right, what's wrong, but once you kind of get to like college, 16, maybe university level, 18, that's when you kind of out the house a lot more and then that's when you kind of, you seek and different environments, kind of different rules, different kind of cultures, groups, and you start to see a whole bunch of different things and I think it's at that point where people kind of can kind of go down the wrong path and start mixing with the, with the wrong type of crowds. Definitely. Now look, it's... Like in tonight's show, and, and I want to make this clear at the start of the show, like we know what's halal and what's haram. And in tonight's show, we're going to dig deeper into why the youth chase this mentality and how big of an issue it really is. Like we know and we understand that these things are haram. That's that's fine. But without being honest and opening up about these problems, like we as the young brothers and, and sisters, we remain silent and see these issues. They, they get unspoken about. Like I've seen it spoken about down south on, on, on reminders on YouTube. But it's something that in Glasgow, we as a youth have not really spoken too much about as young Muslims, especially growing up in today's society from the 1990s all the way into the millenniums as well. You know, tonight's show is, is, is allowing us to open up that can of worms and also show that we are mature enough to talk about these kind of topics. Now, uh, Brother Seth, right? Seth, you're a young lad and you've done a lot of the research today and may Allah reward you for doing that research. You tell me mm-hmm. as a younger, a younger guy, you're a few years younger than me, the thug life mentality, does it exist amongst the youth your age? And what is the thug life mentality to you, your younger brothers? Um, obviously, 100%. Um, to a certain extent, it does um, exist. Um, obviously, it depends on like everybody's like individually. Like Some people might not like, um, glorify it. But obviously, I know friends and like family that obviously do, just like, like normal people do. And it's just like what you said that we see it um, in music videos and like social media, them flexing their like hundred million pound cars or whatever. Obviously, we're like obviously if you if you're saying that you don't want that, you're hundred percent lying to yourself. But like even that, I feel like um, 
just like like I said, <laughs> sorry, I'm going back to the point of uh, like when we're watching like social media, we're always con- consumed by it. You're always and you're always bombarded by it. That's the thing, and and I know growing up for me. Like a lot of this stemmed from, you know, we used to watch the music videos on MTV Music and stuff like that. That's what we used to see. That exactly, happens. exactly. But, but now you're saying as, as a youth, and tomorrow's show is a lot about social media and a lot about those kind of things. But tonight I want to discuss, obviously, the problems and, and the stuff that you guys are being exposed to. You're seeing there, you're mm-hmm. seeing the £100 million cars, and, and that's what tonight's all about. Let's discuss those topics and, and talk about what it is that we witness. Now, you know, Sammy, I'll bring you in as well. Sammy, what's your view? Like, obviously, growing up in Glasgow, same place as me and a couple of the brothers here tonight, the thug life mentality, did you witness it growing up the same way I did? And, and what is it to you? What what, what does thug life, that, that name, that, that culture, like, mean to you? Definitely. we see, I definitely see it growing up. Um, at school, I think you would have witnessed the same thing at the same school. Uh, there was that kind of mentality of, Thug life, and again, it does stem from the music. But I feel like, I feel like a family life at home really plays a massive part in it as well. Yep. Um, it depends. Like I myself, luckily, I was very lucky and privileged to have a strong male presence in my life when I was growing up, as well as my dad from my dad, and then obviously my uncles and my cousins and stuff like that. So we always, I always had that where they would keep me on the right track if we did kind of veer off onto a different track at any point I feel like we did kind of had someone there to put us back in line okay. now unfortunately a lot of uh, people growing up in certain situations don't have that or they may not have that male figure to knock them back knock some sense into them when they're at that young age uh, you can blame the music you can blame I feel like I think uh, we've just lost Sammy there for a short minute, but look, let, let's come back onto the point about music because, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, Sammy, lost you there, but yeah, talking about music, and and it's one thing that just lives within our life. Now, let's be honest with each other, and I'm going to pose this question right because music is so popular now. Like on average, there's a, a study I've got here. You know, we listen to around 17 hours uh, a week of of music. And a lot of that's now done through streaming platforms like Apple Music, like Spotify and, and, and these kind of devices now. It's it's all around us. When you get in the car, you put on the radio. Let's be honest with ourselves, you know, and I want the brothers to be open. And tonight's show, we're not naming any names. We're not going to be, you know, ratting out anyone. But we can definitely speak about our own experiences. Like, and I'll kick us off. I am one of those people that's... That music has had has been in my life since I was a kid. Like, uh, just growing up. You know, I went to an Islamic school, and you know, after that, I went to a normal state primary school, like like uh, many other people. But music's one of those things that's just been there on and off. I know, you know, I've been to Umrah and I went to Hajj, and I went with the intention that when I come back, you know, before I went and after that, I tried to stop listening to music as much as possible. But it's one of those things that just ends up back in your life because we're so surrounded by that culture, and it's so music is so popular now, Seth. Young lad like yourself, you know, this show is one that you wanted to take on because, you know, you told me yourself, you know, you're quite into music. And tell me more, I mean, how popular is music amongst the young boys nowadays? Uh, very popular and obviously very popular to, for myself. Um, like the fact that I've spent like over hundreds of pounds on earphones and the main reason I'm buying <laughs> these earphones is just to listen to music. Right. So, well, yeah, so not before you carry on, what's what's the best earphones for so that we can listen to Quran this month? Airpods <laughs> uh, Pro, Airpods Pro. Okay, 100%. okay. Right, carry on, Seth, carry on. Um, but yeah, it is obviously very popular in our current generation. Um, I'm not sure if you knew, you know, Six Nine, the rapper that got out of jail. Um, he released music last night and he broke the record of um, having the most uh, Instagram um, views on a live stream, which was 2 million. And if that doesn't tell you that that it's such a big thing in this world, uh, in our lives and in this world, then yeah. Yeah, I think Abu Bakr there mentioned YouTube views as well. And, and, and it just shows you how popular some of these artists and the music is. Now, Abu Bakr, you're, you know, and I hope you don't mind me saying it, you're, you guys are really into music as well. It's just one of those things that, like I said, you know, we're opening up about tonight that we are, 
you know those people that listen to it and we use all these streaming platforms you even have a audio visual company that you boys run you do a grand job by the way if anyone's looking for some audio visual yeah. solutions but but you guys are exposed to a lot of that because you're testing out your speakers you're doing a lot of events but sometimes singers and artists and stuff so tell me from your point of view music how much is it in our youth now Today, you, you can't really go anywhere without, I think, you can't go anywhere without there being some sort of music or sound. You go shopping, what's the thing you hear when you're in a supermarket? Music. Music's going on. If you're in Silverbone, what do you hear? Music, different shops, there's different sounds. Um, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you when I went to Umrah. I said I wasn't going to listen to music again. But, you know, you, you, you're back shopping and you hear that wee bit of sound and it, dra- it drags you in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Um with owning an audiovisual company and you know being events where there is a lot of music playing or you know there's a Mendy and there's Bollywood music Bangara um with the business my mum's always tried to ke- keep me straight with it okay um so uh, alhamdulillah we we do it as most we c- as most we can we stay away from that sort of stuff um because there's other things that you can do with the audiovisual business and, and not going into the haram side. And we've have offers to do things, but alhamdulillah, things have been good. But alhamdulillah, look, look, thanks for sharing that point of view with me. And uh, let's bring in uh, Akub as well. Look, look Akub, I want to discuss what kind of music is it that we listen to. Like before, obviously during Ramadan, one of my main intentions was to stop listening to music. And every Ramadan, I normally do quite well with that. I, I, I refrain from listening to music. And, you know, even if a, a small advert comes up on YouTube and I'm watching something, I'll quickly mute it because it's one of those things that you just let go of before Ramadan. But, you know, during lockdown, I think a lot of people before Ramadan started were into music and stuff. Like, tell me if you don't mind, what kind of music is it that you would normally listen to when, when you do listen to it? I mean, I think we've touched up on it. Music is something that's kind of stemmed into us from our childhoods. I mean... I think I first started actively listening to music from a younger age. As then you probably remember more so than I think some of the younger brothers on here. Yeah. Um, you know the LimeWire days, if you remember them. I, <laughs> I think, do. Um, yeah, I think they, they were good times, weren't they? I think that's where kind of my uh, thing started with music. And back then, I think it, the American hip-hop, um, I think for definitely for people within our industry, American rap, American hip-hop was big. Um, like you obviously mentioned some of the names, True Fact Biggie and, you know, and some of these guys, you know, I started off with with a lot of that. I kind of find myself now, though, Alhamdulillah, I do feel like I'm a lot better with music because now the only time I really listen to music is if I'm commuting, maybe to work or back from work. Okay. But then I, I seem to kind of go through phases as well where I think, is this really benefiting me? You know, on this 20 or 30 minute train journey on the way to work. Mm-hmm. Me listening to 20 minutes of music, is that going to benefit me? So what I kind of try to do now is I'll try to replace that, try to replace it with something that's going to benefit me. Not might not be spiritually, might just be general lessons, you know, just listening to YouTube videos of kind of other people doing talks and stuff. Okay. Just something that I can kind of gain knowledge on. So I'm trying to kind of substitute, you know, that gap if I wasn't to kind of listen to the music with something that's going to be a little bit more beneficial for me going forward. Yeah, see, see for me, something that, you know, I grew up a lot with was, I'm going to be honest, Tupac. And uh, many people will say, oh, you just used to listen to it because it was that gangster type of, so you look cool. But it, there came a point in my life when I was, you know, 16, 17, and I was going through a few things at that time, you know, stressed with school, stuff like that. But at that time, the words and the lyrics were what kind of was what I was listening to it for. It wasn't really the music side. Some of his music isn't the best, but the words and what he spoke about, it just, you know, it, it just made you feel like you were going through something that like he'd kind of written what we were going through as youth at that time, because a lot of us are exposed to things like like drugs and, and, and alcohol, especially in the UK and in the Western society. It's everywhere. You can't go anywhere without seeing a, a billboard on, on alcohol sales or your adverts. And even when you're at home watching TV with your family, some of the best adverts you see are the, the alcohol adverts, I remember, that used to come on. And you're like, you know, subhanAllah, it's, 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 we, don't, we don't get involved in that. But there's just so much marketing involved. And especially with the music, you know, I was listening to a, a reminder the other day 
about music and stuff like that. And even came across an, an interview on TikTok that I was listening to from 50 Cent. And he said back then when he was releasing his music, he was being given so much money to be on platforms like YouTube and so on. And we were the ones that were, were seeing that because in school, people would walk around playing it through their Walkman, Sony Ericsson's back in the day, you know, and and, and those kind of devices. And D5 speakers, do you remember them? That's it. The speakers used to play <laughs> through them and people used to have in their, their, their uh, Walkman headphones and listening to it. And you know, back then, it was just one of those things that you kind of grew up with in school. And, you know, definitely, I know Sammy Sammy wanted to make a point there. I know, Sammy, you're trying to get on there. Uh, on you go, Sammy. I was just, I was just uh, basically adding to the point. Gold made about LimeWire, I remember that. It's like really taking it back now. Um, but yeah, like in terms of music, it's definitely like changed over time. Um like in terms of the platforms and stuff, but the, the the messaging has stayed the same in terms of yeah. rap music and hip hop and stuff. It's all pretty much the same. They still rap about pretty much, apart from maybe one or two rappers, they all rap about the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, personally, I, I try not to listen to too much music. Instead, in like train journeys and things like that, I'll put on a podcast or an yeah. ebook or something like that, or like an audio book or something like that instead, uh, just to try and get away from listening to music but don't get me wrong I still do listen to a fair amount of music um, yeah, I think overall I try I, I do try and make a conscious effort not to listen to it See, I think to me like you're a bit younger than me and, and I think one of the points I think you know when, when, when you are a little bit younger and you're kind of going through certain phases like Zen mentioned in your life I think whether it's right or wrong, I think we, you know, we've turned to kind of music as some kind of comfort because especially some of the rap that, that you spoke about, a lot of it is storytelling. A lot of it is kind of, you know, um, them, you know, portraying their frustrations with, you know, larger bits of society that maybe some of us find difficult to deal with. And maybe we, well, I definitely did find some kind of comfort when, when you listen to certain lyrics and you listen to kind of certain rappers like, or certain things. Some of it's like spoken word. It's just like, when they talk, they, they talk about their experiences, their lifestyle, and you can relate to it sometimes. But it's not always the right things they're talking about. Yeah, I think, see, now nowadays you get your phone, and uh, and by the way, you know, throughout the show, like, we've started off by talking about music, but this is slowly going to stem over to the drug side and, and, and to, to money as well, which is what tonight's show is all about, these topics that all kind of fall into the same mentality. But, you know... Tonight, like, you know, one thing that's really nowadays on your phone, as soon as you get an iPhone or a Samsung, the first thing that comes up is, do you want to download Spotify? Do you want to download Apple Music? Six months free, free, 12 months free. And we all just click on it because it comes with our mobile contracts. And then that also entices you to, to use it. But going back to what kind of music people listen to today, I think, yeah, a lot of us started off on that hip hop um, rap kind of scene that we all grew up with the 50 cent tour pack but nowadays it's it's grime which has become a genre itself which is the london based type of and a lot of the young people are you know shouting addison lee every two minutes and <laughs> and, and and you know that, that's that's what they're exposed to at the moment and and you're right sammy a lot of the words and the lyrics are are similar to each other and most of the time it is about what we're discussing tonight it's about money and it's about drugs and it's about women and Women are now made into objects and, and it's, it's just crazy. And, you know, when you watch some of the YouTube videos and, and the music videos, you know, it is, you can watch a YouTube video nowadays on Grand Recitations and in between it, an advert will come up for a, a new music video that someone's released. It's, it's, it's right in front of us. And, and that's another thing that's important to discuss as well is that it, it does happen. It just kind of comes in front of you. But look, um, you know, Seth, you did a bit of research here that there's also a lot of Muslim rappers here that we've not mentioned that do similar stuff and there are also some that kind of keep it Islamic. So, Seth, tell me about some of the Muslim rappers there are out there and also some of the ones coming on to the Nasheed type of lifestyle, if there's any of them that you maybe listen to or you know people that listen to it. Alright, so obviously there's a wee list I have. So there's apparently Ice Cube's a Muslim, T-Pain, Akon, Rakim. And then the, the one that probably most people, this current generation, know is French Montana. Um, obviously, they all call themselves uh, Muslim. And yeah, and then obviously, I'm not too sure if you know, uh, French Montana actually he has a, a sponsorship deal like or some deal with Ciroc. Yep, and he's actually got company. his own flavor and it's called French Vanilla. So I'm, like, it's, like, it's kind of obviously contradicting himself. Like, fair enough, yeah, you are a Muslim and you're doing your rapping stuff, whatever. But, like, 
how can you be how can you be promoting uh, alcohol in that way if you know you're deep down yourself it's strong so yeah. no definitely and 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 you know we're not to judge we're not on here tonight to judge but it's it's a point that i wanted you to make there are a lot of the muslim rappers out there that that are muslim born muslim and you know but they all still talk about the same stuff and and that doesn't make it right you know just because akon's muslim it's okay to listen to some of his music but it just shows you that you know we're being carried away sometimes with that as well on, on you go, Sam. Yeah. yeah, I just got a message from one of my good friends, OS, um, and he says it's worth mentioning techno and like uh, kind of uh, EDM and all this kind of kind okay. of music, like dance music, and the drug fueled backdrop that comes with that. It's not just rap music that has that kind of. Yeah, um, I think a lot of that culture then stems into clubs and nightclubs as well. Obviously, I'm not too privy with that kind of, but I know that's what it leads to, and and that kind of music, the techno kind of hip hop. I know there's a, another. What's the other thing that everyone's kind of listening to nowadays? It's a type of house music. House music. I know house a lot music, of people yeah. play that and listen to that. So yeah, there's 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 lots of genres. I know I've, we've kind of all been exposed to hip hop, rap, but grime. These kind of music, there's so much of it, and and it's good that Seth touched there that there are Muslim rappers as well, which kind of you know affects us as well. And Subhanallah, he's mentioning there that they've got partnerships with some of the the vodka alcohol companies. It's crazy to to see that. Now look, I need to go for a short advert break. When we come back, I want to talk a bit more about do parents have a part to blame in terms of us listening to music, and that's something that I'd like to discuss. And then we're going to come on to how drugs and alcohol then stems from music and how much of an, an impact and how much of a problem drugs and alcohol is in our community here in the UK and in Glasgow. So you're listening into Raj Ramadan, Glasgow 365, broadcasting around the world. We've got listeners tuning in all around the world. I've been getting messages through the advert break there. People listening all the way in Kuwait. I've got someone listening in Dubai and a lot of people here in Glasgow. Jazakallah for tuning in. This is the Late Night Live show where we discuss a lot of the hot topics that affect us as youth, but also our community. We started off this month talking about the lockdown, how it affected businesses, how it affected the sport industry, different things like education as well. And we also have had a couple of charity drives as well where we've raised money for good causes. But tonight is one of those shows that I've looked forward to doing throughout the month and tonight's topic is all about the thug life mentality, drugs, money and music and we talked a lot about music before the advert break and just another couple of minutes or so on the music side of this before we go into how much of an issue drugs and alcohol are in our community. Now, you know, I want to pose this question, Akub, you know, music, right, we've all talked about how we listen to it, how, how much of an impact it has on us as young guys growing up and young sisters. So I go like, you know, is music a disease to us? I mean, if you think about it from an Islamic, you know, perspective, then of course the answer is going to have to be yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, like I said, with anything in life, you, you got to, it depends what you take from it. You know, if you listen to a little bit of music for entertainment purposes and maybe you're not in the best place, you know, spiritually, then you can think hopefully, inshallah, you know, one day you, you can kind of move away from it. But if if you're kind of one of those people that lets, you know, certain type of music affect you and if it affects you in a negative manner, then certainly what, what that, how is that any different to like a common disease that affects your body physically? Because yeah. I know yeah. obviously one of the recent issues amongst, you know, Society now is kind of people's mental health and people's mental state. So anything that is going to affect that, of course, like I said, the symptoms of it are very much like a common common disease that, that might be flying around at this moment in time. If it causes an individual's behavior to kind of, you know, react in a negative manner or in a negative way, because one of the problems is, like we spoke about, is the music industry fantasizes certain things. Um, that maybe the average person or the average citizen, citizen, you know, only aspires to have. Talk about kind of materialistic stuff, kind of the fame, you know, that that concept yeah, of yeah. being a somebody, you know, in society. If you may be one of those people that that doesn't have much of a social life, you know, you you kind of on your own, and you kind of feel a little bit left out. You know, you might start doing certain things to kind of help you, you know, free mix in with the crowd and no, and if you think. And if you're thinking, you know, what what can I, if you're in that situation, you're thinking to yourself, what can I do to kind of mix in? And one of the main, you know, popularities in society is kind of music and kind of going down that route, then you're going to be more likely to kind of strive towards it. Although the intention is just to fulfill that void within yourself, it might end up, you know, leaving you to kind of do certain things 
that go against kind of you know morals of society and also you know bigger thing your faith in definitely. yourself it's one thing that definitely we wanted to mention tonight i know seth felt quite strongly about this is the mental health side of of this whole mentality that we're going to discuss tonight and we are discussing for example you just mentioned there is it a bit of anxiety is that why because everyone's listened to that latest song by justin bieber for example is that is that made everyone you know tune in and go on youtube and say look you know when friends text you or sometimes people tag me and post and we all get it uh, this latest video then you need to see it you need to see what car you know rick ross has pulled out or whatever in his video and we're all on it to go and see it and say oh wow you know because that lifestyle is so appealing to us another thing i want to touch on before we move on is is you know you mentioned it like obviously people get you involved into it and you kind of get stuck in as concerts you know and you know, I'll ha- hold my hand on my heart. I've been to quite a few growing up. And, you know, uh, even recently I remember going to one. And for me, it's the atmosphere there is, is so is, is, is horrible in terms of the culture that you see, especially here in the UK. There's a lot of free mixing and alcohol going on and stuff. But for me, the reason why I used to enjoy going to the concerts, because I've always been involved in the events industry. I love seeing the setups and the sound systems and the cool lights and and the performances for me it's just like watching you know Britain's Got Talent a lot of people watch stuff like that on TV but that that kind of thing and and that's another thing Seth definitely you know if you want to come in on this Seth is is a lot of the young guys nowadays like going to concerts and they like seeing the people that they listen to as well and they spend good money on that yeah no 100% like just like yourself I've been to like so many concerts and just like just like yourself I, I don't go for that actual like the you know for like the free mixing or the alcohol whatever i i, I personally go i spend my hard earned money for the actual act because i want to be you know because like i've already i've been listening for this like one hour for so many hours so like to see him live and like the way i see it is that obviously what music is is, is art it's an expression of themselves and just like what the previous brother says we can somewhat relate to some of the the words or lyrics they're they're saying. So when you when when you're listening at live, it's a different experience. So yeah. No, definitely, and I wanted to touch on that. Definitely worth a mention that you know at concerts, and I'm going to be honest and straight to the point. I see a lot of the younger Muslim brothers with me at these things, and I know I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying to people go along to the concerts. No, that's between me and Allah, and I'll be held accountable for it. And inshallah, it's something that I will reduce. And and like Akub said, that you know nowadays even me myself, I'm trying to listen to podcasts now as much as I can you know in my house my family go mental especially my wife I've always got the football podcasts on and you know the guys are calling in and and going crazy at each other but for me sometimes it's better to listen to that than to be listening to music around the house especially at home now you know in Ramadan you know another reason to stop is a lot of people in the house are reading Quran they're, they're praying and you know but it's so easy now these Amazon Echo speakers are in your house you know someone will just come downstairs they're making a couple of toast and they'll say look put on you know Alexa play Alexa, play, yeah. play Drake's new song or whatever and it just comes on and because it's all around us wherever we go and whatever we're involved in now look let's get on to the next point of, of tonight's show and music then especially what you see in the videos and and what they talk about a lot of it is about drugs and Seth mentioned that artists like you know French Montana someone like he's a Muslim but He's promoting a, a vodka brand and, 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 and we see it in every video because it's the first thing that you see when you click on it and there's a little ad right at the side you want to buy some and taste some. And then, you know, drugs is such a big thing in our community. How many brothers and sisters now, and I want to make that clear that it's sisters as well that are being affected, are involved in the drug scene. How big of a problem is it? I mean, Akob, you're in Rochdale and, you know, your community is small like ours. Tell me about Rochdale. Is it a big problem there like it is here? I think it's a massive problem, and I think across all towns in the UK, I mean, you know, the the drugs industry is, is a billion-dollar industry within the UK, so it kind of shows you, you know, to the extent the problem kind of goes to. Now, it, there's two parts to, obviously, the, the discussion on drugs. There's obviously the one for consumption, and there's one, you know, on the sale of drugs. And now it's easy to for someone that, you know, does it take it to just, you know, to like you said, you sit back and maybe blame yeah, people uh, and label them as X, Y, and Z. But Akub, before you sorry. before you continue, right, let me just read out the, these statistics. These are from the Muslim Mental Health website, right? And uh, one of their uh, you know uh, articles 
It says they had 216 responses, 162 which met the, the criteria for the, for the quiz or, or the discussion that they were doing, um, and the poll, sorry. And they found that almost half of the Muslim youth that responded have consumed one type of drug, you know, growing up. So I just wanted to make that point that, you know, the facts are here and it's, it's in our community, but carry on, Akub. Yeah, no, definitely. Like you said, it's definitely embedded within our co communities. I mean, if if we speak about it from a consumption perspective, I think the journey that an individual goes through, um, I think it's not. We think we need to mention not only about the intake of drugs, but also the abuse of drugs. I think that's one thing maybe our communities maybe do not discuss as much because it kind of starts off, you know, the journey from an individual to, you know, you might go out with a few friends, you know, the first couple of times you'll see it, you'll see it around in the atmosphere and the environment that you're currently in. And, you know, you think, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, you know, but then obviously third, fourth, fifth time, sixth time, when you're around it, it it's almost normalized because everyone's doing it. So then you might, you know, have a little bit of, you delve into it a little bit, have a little bit of a taste. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you, you're hooked on a drug. Yep. It's called a drug for a reason. And then you become reliant upon that drug. And then once you become reliant on that drug, it definitely starts to affect your mental health. Because one of the things what a drug does, it kind of, it, it, it takes you away from your emotions. It takes you away from your feelings. Like, you know, if, if I'm a person that's, that's, I don't know, going through something in my life and I'm so stressed out, and I just can't find a way to, to relieve some of that stress. You know, as bad as it is, as bad as it sounds, a, a drug will, will relieve you of that stress. Mm -hmm. Now, then you become addicted to that, and, and it, it really stems and it spirals and it becomes a big problem, and then you start abusing drugs. Once you start getting down that cycle of abusing drugs, the drug that you were initially taking, it might not be strong enough for you. So then that's not fulfilling the, the purpose that now it has in your life. So then what ha what tends to happen is, people start looking at alternative drugs. I know many people that would not only take one drug, but take several drugs. And the reason for it being is because when they initially started taking drugs, that that is not fulfilling the same thing. It's, that it's it like the buzz has worn off, isn't it? Exactly. It's like with anything in life. You know, if you abuse anything, you know, you're going to get to that stage where it doesn't have that same impact or that same thing that it did when you initially started doing it. So... It definitely is, and one of the things I want to mention about is financially. Like one, one of, I don't understand how you know how financially people can can kind of afford to consume the amount of drugs that are being consumed, you know, at this moment in time. Because you know, on average, the way I, you know, because I'm in finance, I always see it from a finance perspective. <laughs> as in, you know, we work on a you know on a daily basis, seven and a half hours a day, yeah, five days a week. Now, if you're someone that maybe is, you know, is in taking drugs or, you know, is involved in a bit of drug abuse, you're, uh, you, you're more likely spending maybe up to 30, 40, 50% of your daily wage that you're working so hard for to then feed your habits. Mm -hmm. And that's when it becomes a real issue because what happens when that income drops? What happens when you can't afford it anymore? What do you do then? And that there's kind of some of the discussion points I think definitely that, that maybe we need to kind of speak about. Now, cool, like I was in the article BBC, right? They said it's easier nowadays to get drugs than it is to get a pizza. That's how easy it is to get hold of drugs. And now coming on to the selling point of view, and it's something that you hear it every day in the community. This brother's selling now. That guy you went to school with is now selling drugs, and you know it's it's crazy. Now, Sammy. What is it that forces people into that life? Why do they choose it over a regular job and, and, and lifestyle? I feel like uh, sometimes it's, it comes down to the point I was mentioning earlier, earlier about like lack of like maybe a male role model or like a, a role model just in general of, to be able to knock some sense into you when you're in a younger age and you get dragged into that life. I feel like people that are already in that life tend to exploit younger kids who are around the area or whatever and then drag them along with them and then they get dragged into that kind of life and it's just it from there it becomes you can earn easy money it's quick without having to go and get a job you can maybe make double the amount going and get a job um and it just becomes a habit and then it becomes like I've, I've spoken to people who are in that kind of lifestyle and they find it very difficult to leave because the money's so good and then it just becomes a, a habit and yeah. it's very difficult to break that cycle yeah, that, that's another thing. It leads to all these haram sources of income where, you know, I see it myself, you know, people pulling out fancy cars and wearing all the good gear and, you know, it, it looks like it pays well and they're not scared of the knock on the door or... And, and that's the thing, it looks so cool because everyone's doing it. If you watch shows like Top Boy and shows like 
Power. Yeah. Power is one of the, you know, yeah, on Netflix. Exactly. We all watch Netflix. It, glamorize, it glamorizes the whole aspect of being involved in that scene. Definitely. Um, and, and, you know, they mention it in some of the songs. Everyone wants to be like James St. Patrick, who, if no one, if, if you don't watch Ghost, he's like the main drug lord and, and the big gangster guy in, in the show. And that's the thing. You see that person on TV and you automatically think, well, I want to be like that. Because they've got that cool lifestyle, they've got the nice apartment, they've got the nice cars, and most of these guys are, are doing it, selling drugs, and, and, and halal, you know, haram, sorry, ways of, of earning money. Now, um, I think Abu Bakr wanted to pose a question to Seth, because, Seth, you're a young lad, growing up in the community, surrounded by a lot of the brothers nowadays, obviously we're a bit older, so, so yeah, Abu Bakr, you wanted to ask Seth. Um, Seth, do you think the use of drugs is increasing or decreasing in this age? Um, definitely increasing, if anything. Um, the, obviously, the population of the world is only increasing, so statistically, more people will be wanting to you know, try different things as well. Um, yeah. I think it's that curiosity side of people where they're like, you know what, let's just try it. You get me? And yeah, it's always you want to try it that one time and then after that it's another time and then, yeah, it just becomes a habit. Yeah, I think, you know, like, one thing is, is hard because none of us on the show right now are parents, but, you know, can parents protect their children anymore, Akub? Can, can they do anything to stop our youth being exposed to this? Because it's everywhere. No, definitely. I mean, if I, if I look at the times when, you know, when I was growing up, um, I mean, I don't think I actually seen any drugs, I think, till about 16 or 17 years of age. And I spent my childhood mainly predominantly with sports. So we used to play a lot of football, kind of cricket, you know, that kind of stuff. And our kind of outings were just, you know, being with your friends and just getting up to kind of mischief, um, you know, and it wasn't really revolved around any kind of drugs or alcohol. Whereas now what you mentioned, because it's so readily available, it just takes out one person in the group because, you know, you've got a group of friends of about 10. If one yep. person kind of maybe starts doing it, then the second person, third person, it has a knock-on effect, and all of a sudden you've got a full group group of kids that are indulging in these kind of activities. And like what you mentioned about parents, the thing is I feel like the parents at that age are the only solution because, you know, when I, when I was young, I remember my parents they used to let me out till you know, once you got to like Mugri time, 7, 8 o'clock, they used to come looking for me, do you know what I mean, to make yeah. sure I was at home. You know, and they were very protective over kind of where I went, you know, who I was with and, you know, what, what I used to get up to. And now a lot, you know, we're in this country now and, you know, like times are so difficult where, you know, one parent's working or maybe both parents are working. So they have less time and, you know, to kind of educate their kids or influence their kids. Now, you know, if like, you know, you speak about role models now, you know, if the parents want one or both of them are working seven, eight hours of the day doing long shifts, late night shifts, they're not going to be there to to see what their kids are actually getting up to. So yeah. it's not, you know, it, the parents do play a big factor in it, but it's just so difficult to kind of manage because there's certain times where you fall out of your parents' school when you're going to school, when you're going to college. Your parents are not going to be, you know, be there with you all the time to kind of hold your hand and make sure that you're doing the right thing. But, you know, once these individuals are getting, you know, uh, put into different environments, and, you know, like I said, when you're going to school, if, if that one kid... Like I said, you know, in school is is taking drugs, and then all of a sudden he convinces a few people, and then it becomes a norm, and then it's it's almost like if you're not doing it, you're not part of the crew, or there's something wrong with you, or exactly. you kind of get you get alienated from you know you from know, the group from society. I think one of the things, Akub, and it's important to mention is, especially when you're going through school, you've got exams, and you've got all that pressure on you. You know, I, I know a lot of stories and a lot of people that I know that just turn to drugs because. They were, you know, in depression. They were struggling with school and things were going on at home. You know, they were they, they were allowed to stay out late and so on. But the group that they were surrounded by, and it's just, they felt depressed or they felt like it was their gateway out of all the problems and solutions. And what it really did in the end was end them in worse situations. They get caught by police. I mean, nowadays, you watch some of the crime shows on TV and, uh, you know, you know, there's all these shows where the police are like police in action and so on. And a lot of times you see it, it's the young Muslim brothers that are getting pulled up in the cars. And we've got that stereotype now, I think, in the UK that, you know, these are the thugs. These are the guys that are selling the drugs, right? How many names do you see? I think I read a, an article last week uh, somewhere in Luton where, you know, the full family were dragged out of their houses and, you know, they found so much amount of, of cocaine or whatever. 
we've got that image now here in the UK that we are the people that are supplying it, you know, and it's 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 here and it's here. It looks like it's here to stay. And like Seth mentioned, it looks like it's increasing amongst the youth. And you know, now mentioning the word weed or marijuana in public is just kind of normal. With you know, states are legalizing it now, and it's you know what I mean. No, definitely, it's not just about states, but there's there's full on movements, to, you know, to legalize, you know, things like marijuana. There's countries that are legalizing it. You know, you've got places like Amsterdam where it's just freely and readily available. It's the people are going there for them specific purposes. So that's what I'm saying. It's like different environments have different kind of rules and different societies. But you know, one thing what I've kind of find where where maybe you can kind of combat these issues is where people have different motivations in life. You kind of got to have some kind of more like i said you know with my personal situation when i was growing up we, we were involved a lot with sports so anything that kind of affected sports we we saw in a negative manner in a negative light but if you're and now i know we're going to speak about kind of technology and games tomorrow but you know if like for instance you know in your life if the drugs is not really gonna if you're not really into sports where drugs will impact it directly you you not you might you might not even see in a negative light you know if you're at home kind yeah. of maybe a lot of the time playing kind of Call of Duty or you know online on on stuff and then you kind of go at night to go you know to go for a bit of a chill and if that's what everyone's doing why why wouldn't people do it do you know what I mean no so, definitely I think, I think yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, is down to as well, you know, you're talking about what parents can do, but a lot of it is down to what school they go to. Now, there are some kids, and, and like like I said, not this does not affect all of the kids growing up and all of us as youth. There a lot of youth that were not exposed to this until later on, and I know a lot of my friends that didn't see this side of, of this mentality and this thing until later on, but... You know, it also depends on kind of what school you go to. I know if you're in an Islamic school, which many people now go to when they're grown up, you're not probably going to be exposed to this as much. And, you know, that's great. But a lot of us that are, I would say, middle class and lower that do go to, you know, the state schools and stuff, it's common because you're mixing there with children that are from all backgrounds, from all households, and they might have drug abusers in their house. And to them, seeing, you know, a joint or seeing something like that lying around is just common to them yeah but i think one thing i'd like to just to just uh, chip in there is um yeah obviously going to you know public state schools where predominantly is filled with people from lower socio-economical backgrounds it is going to impose you know certain issues but one thing i like to mention is that private schools are not not no better because i've done I've, I've done a lot i've read a lot about you know private schools the only difference i think it seems between kind of the private and the public schools is just the type of drugs it just seems that <laughs> if anything that the the private schools are taking kind of the higher end class class of drugs Whoa. if you can call it that um and i think they're kind of more uh, available in the in the private schools than than, the, than they are in the public schools because obviously public, like I said, financially is difficult to, to yeah. even intake. I just want to, I just want to add a wee point on there. Um, I've, I've had a message come in from someone, um, and, and they say that a lot of it actually brings up a valid point because a lot of kids and they like boys and I hope you might have seen this. Like a lot of talented individuals playing football or yeah. they're in boxing or some sort of athletics or something, they'll get to a certain stage, and if they don't make it, they end up turning into like a life of. Um, drugs and going out and clubbing and things like that. Like I think that's important to mention because with our with our kind of uh, background, like especially South Asian and being Muslim and stuff, a lot of times we're discriminated against. We don't get picked for certain things. Either we're not good enough or we just don't get into that kind of. Uh, we don't make it to the top level for whatever reason. And I think uh, because we end up drifting off onto the wrong path. No, de- definitely, Sammy. Great points there because. I can relate, you know, I grew up and, and, and I was an aspiring footballer, if you want to say that, and, you know, I went out due to injury, but the amount of brothers that i seen that grew up with me, that played competitively with me, and, you know, I used to train at Celtic when I was younger, and, and you know, the standard of training there was crazy, but I used to watch some of the pro players that were playing in pro youth and so on, and I knew brothers that I used to play with during the week that could walk onto that park and smash them out the park, right? They were that good, but... 100% you, I agree you're, you're right, Sam, you've seen it as well, and, and, you know, it's not worked out for... They've not stayed focused, and a lot of that's down to us as Pakistani community, and, and like you said, the Asian community, we're, we're more kind of used to go and be a doctor, go and do a degree. They didn't get that back in, but that's a separate story altogether, but a lot of those guys I've seen turn to drugs, and... Some of them are either selling it or they're still taking drugs and they're ending up in the nightclub lifestyle or they've totally drifted from Islam. And may Allah bring those people back to Islam, definitely. Now, look, 
It's time for our last advert break of the night and when we come back, let's continue this discussion. It's going great so far. I've got so many messages that people have sent me online on WhatsApp and so on. So guys, if you want to get involved and you've got my number or any of our us guys that are presenting at the moment, drop us a message. We'll, we'll mention it on the show. Um, you know, thank you so much You know, to, to everyone that's listening in. Now look guys, uh, before we go for the advert break, we've touched a lot there about drugs and alcohol and if any of the young Muslims right now that are listening, you know, are affected in any way by what we've talked about today, drugs, music, there's a great initiative called the Muslim Youth Helpline that I know a lot about. I know my father was involved with them. If you if you do want to call them and you do want to speak to someone about your issues and, you know, help with drug abuse and so on, give them a call. They're a helpline there. They're, they're run and, and they're open. So search up on Google if you do need any advice at all. And may Allah protect us all. A great discussion a great topic we're going on about tonight and you know still throughout the adverts receiving so many messages and points to make and we're just into the last quarter of the show and we've got a lot to get through uh, definitely one of the points i definitely want to make is you know we're talking about role models and, and stuff like that on on yesterday's show when uh, sorry on thursday show when we talk about sport you know that's why it is important for some people to maybe look at the sporting role models more than some of those that are involved in things like the music industry that promote drugs and so on. How many celebrities and so on have we seen pass away from drug overdoses and so on because they're caught in that lifestyle? Like uh, Sheikh Hoblos mentioned at the very beginning in that beautiful reminder, he mentioned that they're living a miserable life. A lot of these people that we're looking up to and we're listening to, in the songs they sound all happy and great and the music and so on and the money's there and, and the women, but behind the scenes they're struggling with addiction, they're struggling with problems and that. I just wanted to highlight that. It was sent in to me from uh, my dear uncle, my dad's cousin, uh, brother Asim, and London is listening and it's, it's worthwhile making that point. Let's continue your discussion. We were talking about drugs and alcohol, the effects on our community. Uh, I know Abu Bakr wanted to make a point. You've got you know, an experience and something that you wanted to share. Yeah, for someone uh, that's been to a few festivals and stuff like that, uh, I've seen a lot of things uh, like drugs and uh, you know alcohol being flaunted everywhere I uh, just wanted to touch up on the things that I think I remember back from high school that drugs um, I think drugs was the, the thing that uh, kids used to go to uh, fe- no sorry festivals is the thing that kids used to go to back in high school and you know they'd uh, want to try something so that would be the go to spot um, after you know exam period you, everyone would go to let's say tra- transmit or terminal 5 or tea in the park that would be the place you know you you forget all your worries and you'd want to try something different so you know um drugs would be that that go-to thing oh let's try it let's you know have a wee that safe space kind of thing uh, i just wanted to touch up on the fact you know and female females muslim females taking drugs uh from someone that's seen you know, Muslim sisters taking drugs at, you know, festivals, concerts, and even just in, in certain places. Yeah, I think definitely, we're not saying here that all Muslim sisters are involved, no, but it is something that I've heard, and, and, and it's been mentioned to me that then, you know, I've seen a sister taking drugs and so on, it's becoming common now, like I said, tonight's show is not just all about the brothers, that the sisters are involved in this too, they're being exposed to what we're being exposed to, whether it's the, the lady singers, the, the girl singers now that are out there, there's so many famous young singers now that a lot of girls listen to and admire and, and treat as role models, but, you know, the Nicki Minajis and so on, that lifestyle's there as well, and, and they're promoting drugs, they're promoting alcohol, they're promoting that industry, and, you know, I, and I know sisters, you know, like, you know, to maybe go clubbing now and get involved in these things, it's becoming more and more common because... I think as well with that, with the, the university side of it as well, you know, um, loads of my friends, yeah, the the Muslim ones, um, they they never used to go to any of the parties or whatever in school. But as soon as university hit, they were in that club scene. You know, they were seen drinking alcohol, taking drugs. That goes for the sisters as well. Um, you know, it just becomes it's become that norm now uh, in Scotland that I've started to see. Right, definitely. Now look, just yeah, carry on. Just, uh, just 
Just to add to Abubakar's point there, I, I went away to Edinburgh to study at uni okay. and I, I seen that like when, when kids are away from their parents and they're at uni, they're, it's just like free for all, you can Definitely. do what they want and it's just, they'll take whatever drug they want, like I personally didn't see drugs until I really went to uni and then I seen it everything in front of me, because uh, I lived in halls in first year and it was just incredible, the amount of like free hand everything was like. Yeah, it was just it was it was quite mind blowing at the time. Yeah, it's it's happening now, and and like we said, it's it's not just the brothers now; it's the sisters as well, and and they're watching the same shows, they're seeing the same videos. The influence is there now. Look, another big influence, and we're coming on to the the other bit of the discussion that I wanted to talk about is money, because now more than ever, money is what is driving us as a society and they say money makes the world spin round but money is what fuels a lot of our motivation now as kids growing up i know we go to uni and we get the jobs but we were talking before about how you know many drug dealers and, and so on now and people committing fraud and so on they're trying to get as much money as they can and live that lifestyle that they're seeing on on youtube and through their music rappers and and through the influencers and people that they're seeing when it comes to money it's like greed now it's just something you know every video's got a lamborghini in it we see a ferrari i'm one of those people that's the first one to get my phone out and that's the dream that we're chasing and nowadays money is such a a a big talking point because how how easy is it to make money nowadays every two minutes you're bombarded with trading and this and that and people see the shortcuts to make music and you know i was always made to believe you you work the hard graft and you know, but how much is too much money and, and how much of an effect is it having on the kids? Now, look, Seth, let's bring it back to you. It's your show that you've researched tonight. <laughs> Seth, money is, is surrounding us in different ways that we would never have known. You mentioned earlier in the music videos, you're seeing 100 million pound cars and you're seeing the private jets and so on and Kardashians mm-hmm. and that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kids now, is it all about money? Um, yeah, we're all trying to trying to become celebrities. We're not even trying to become celebrities. Trying to live celebrity lives. We want. We all want the nice shoes, the hundred like five hundred pound Louis Vuittons, off white jackets. Like that's what this current, especially this current generation, is um, wanting. Like the fact that we with uh, like cheapware as well became a very big thing and uh, um, on this uh, generation like if you have like the nice pair of shoes everybody's gonna be like oh you know that's the really nice pair of shoes and you get that personal satisfaction like oh yeah i spent a thousand pounds on these shoes i'm heavy cool i know but, like that thousand pounds of shoes like fair enough yeah it's a lot of money but like you could be living with your mom and dad and <laughs> obviously like yeah no it's, tr- it's true though yeah. and then the fact that when we, we go back to the car point like Obviously, who doesn't personally want a Ferrari or like a Lamborghini? Like everybody does, and like yeah, yeah, it's it's okay to have dreams, right? And I'm one of those people that dreams about having Lambos and so on, right? Just like many of the boys now mm-hmm. growing up and RS3s and everything like that. But you know, one of the the things that's definitely meant men, meant worse is definitely worth talking about is. You know, I remember coming across this video and, uh, you know, it was how much is your outfit worth? And I think some of you guys have, have, have seen it. It's a guy who goes mm-hmm. around and he, he meets celebrities, but he also just goes onto a random street in a random city and he lets people know that he's going to be there and everyone shows off their outfits, right? Now, mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of the episodes, right? And I, there was a time when I was watching it just to see the clothes and the, the flex that people were showing. And I remember there was one that was done by some by some singers and one of the guy's outfits was a million dollars right a million dollars in clothes 20,000 pound shoes and Tom Ford this and some of the brands I'd never even heard of you mentioned Off-White and some that's something that's new to me but mm-hmm. I'm seeing mm-hmm. kids nowadays walking about with Stone Island jackets and stuff right and I'm <laughs> searching up like oof right <laughs> because you're right it's in the videos it's, it's on social media a lot of people flaunt mm-hmm. what they wear and we see people wearing it and that's why it's it's the chase we all want that stuff yeah so the video you're talking about actually uh, that originated sorry from hypebeasts okay so hypebeasts are people that wear you know yeezy and you know the supreme box logo stuff so that started from there and it started from the 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 deep the depot of where they sell stuff okay it launched from there you know how much is your uh, outfit worth and it was basically it was kids that are a quarter of our age yeah you know they're like probably about 10 11 12 and they're they're basically saying oh yeah so my, i've got a chain on that's worth fifty i've got my 
Louis Vuitton jumper that's about ten thousand, and they're naming each garment uh, they've got on and how much that item is worth. Yeah, it's it's crazy because it's it's everywhere, and you're seeing it more often than now. A gold. Let, let me bring you in. You know the show just flies by. We were talking about it there in the advert break. What a show it's been tonight, and we've not even got through half of the stuff we wanted to discuss. But a gold. Everyone's used to seeing this now, right? Especially when we go to weddings and we've got all these functions and honeymoons and, you know, it's all about the material lifestyle, right? You've seen it, I've seen it. People are landing in helicopters and, and, you know, every time I go on YouTube, I'm seeing something about a new private jet that's been released or something like that. Money, like, it is one of those things, isn't it, that's just driving a lot of the youth now. Money is one of the most fascinating things, you know, in the world because, you know, if you think about, you know, us growing up and going through our education systems and even in in our cultures and everything. So, you know, we, we go through the state schools or, you know, we even go to mosques. But one thing that's never talked about or we, we never educate on is money. You know, what is money? Where does it stem from? What is the value that it has in, has in this world? And, you know, what aspirations do we need to achieve when it comes to that? Because, you know, going through our kind of, I'm sure you guys have probably got similar kind of upbringings to me as well, where we were kind of taught from a young age that, you know, you want to go to uni, you want to get a good, you know, degree, you want to get a good job, you want to buy a house, and you want to buy a car, and that, that's it pretty much. And the problem that happens with that is when you don't achieve them things. Now, and one thing I'd like to mention, like you said, about materialistic, what, what people don't speak about is the fact that you're not happy when you get them things. So the, the actual enjoyment is the build-up process to actually achieving something. So, you know, all that hard work that you put in it, when you get it, then, you know, that satisfaction is limited. Yep. So, you know, when you purchase that big house or you purchase that brand new car, or for the first time you wear that new t-shirt or you know that expensive item of clothing yeah you'll get that satisfaction but then one month down the line two months down the line it's just another t-shirt it's just another card you know what i mean it's, it loses that that feeling and then what, what happens then is that it, you have to look about what extremes people are going through to finance this lifestyle what extremes people are yep. going through to have these things now a big issue in this country is people purchasing on credit that's yep. why a lot this you know a crazy statistics out there I can't really remember off the top of my head but the amount of people that are actually in debt because you know we're financing the cars you know even clothes now yeah you know I was, I was, I was going I was doing a bit of online shopping you know even if I buy trainers for like 50 pounds or something <laughs> you can I can split it I can I can split it over three payments do you know what I mean and and the thing is like now for instance if I'm a young lad and you know maybe Eid is approaching you know everyone's you know going to be wearing the new gear even if I can't afford it right now, I actually can't afford it because I don't actually have to pay for it now. You know, I can pay for it over three installments, six installments, pay for it in six months' time. And what happens is, is that you're spending wealth of the future today. Now, that is a big problem because when, you know, if you're spending thousands of your future wealth today, when it comes to your future, you're, you're then, you, you can't really progress because you're backdating. A lot of your finances are going on backdated stuff. Oh, definitely. A, com- a complete... A co- yeah, I completely agree with I, I completely agree with Akub's point there. Like, see, I would like to make two points. Firstly, that when we're in school and stuff like that, we don't get any education on money at all. Like he said, um, especially like the we don't get any kind of education. Like, I, I, I personally didn't really know about things like credit scores and like that how, how badly it can affect you until I had come out of school. Uh, and then I kind of had to learn for myself and just from my elders and things like that. But it was never really taught. And I feel like it's so important, but instead they're teaching you things about Pythagoras theorem and things like that that most people will never use. But instead, like there should be like subjects in school where they teach you how to manage money, how to deal with it, like things like that. And just going back to the point, another the second point I wanted to make was like you're talking about kids that are like wanting to get the latest fashion. Um, who's paying for this fashion? Is it the parents that are being forced and being uh, forced into buying the most expensive gear for their kids? Um, like, especially in families that aren't that well off. Like, it comes down to who, who, who's left foot in the exactly. bill for these kind of things. No, de- oh, definitely. I mean, I was in a just a quick point. Sorry, I was in a barber shop a couple of months ago, and uh, uh, a dad walked in with his child. Now, and the child was just, you know, they, they got speaking about the trainers that this child's wearing, and the dad was saying, you know, stuff like, 
you know, he's he, literally the the dad is working extra shifts, working six days, seven days, just so then he can you know pay for his child's two hundred pound trainers, you know, every couple yeah, of months. Yeah. And he was, and I was just trying to explain to them that when I was younger, we I didn't get no two hundred pound trainers. Growing up, I'd be I, the, if we, my mum bought me a pair of shoes for fifty pound, I'd be over the moon. I think that I was in the bee's knees, but now yeah. it's just. Uh, now it's the complete opposite. Pair of shoes, a standard pair of shoes, will cost you two hundred pound. No, definitely. Look, guys, I appreciate all the points that we've made tonight, and definitely the the one there about money. I think a lot of it now is just competition, right? We're on social media. You see this guy pulling out this car. You see this sister's wearing that a buyer or whatever it is, and and the handbags and so on. It, it goes on and on and on, right? There's so much material out there. Um, and you know tonight's show we've managed to speak about a lot about music, about drugs, about you know alcohol and about money now about how much of this materialistic lifestyle we're into now and it's scary because a lot of people are into just buying the best of gear and they don't realise that there needs to be a point where we're content when is that point, is it when we're married and we have kids and we've got a nice Volkswagen Golf, a two bedroom house what is being content, you need to set those goals now so that when you're growing up, you've got something to look forward to, and then you will be eternally happy. What a discussion it's been tonight. I just want to say Aslam alaikum to the guests. Thank you so much, and big up to Seth, who did a lot of the research. Aslam alaikum, guys. Thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thank you for having us, Zen. It's been such a wonderful show. I wish we could uh, carry on till the Saturday time. I wish we could. I wish we could. I wish we could. Right, thank I, could, I could probably talk on the subject for the rest of the night. Look, we will have another <laughs> chance to do this again, maybe later on in the month or next Ramadan, inshallah, or throughout the year. Jazakallah to you guys for, for joining us. Right. And to, to finalise the show and just to end, I want to just reiterate there what Imam Asim said. He goes, the bad man, the bad man, the, you know, driving RS6s and so on. He mentioned that. When it comes to washing their dad's bodies, when our, our parents have passed away, they can't do that. But we want to act like bad men throughout the year. And just bear that in mind. Those words really got to me there at the end. Another thing just to, to end on is if you're looking for someone to look up to and, and, and to motivate you, we talked a lot tonight about Tupac and the thug life mentality. Someone who lived that life with Tupac in that mentality, with him on the streets was uh, Napoleon uh, brother Mutabil, if you get a chance, search him up. He was a rapper with Tupac. He he came back to Islam, and now Savannah is living in Saudi Arabia. He's done well for himself. He's turned away from music. Very inspirational story there. So please give that a listen. And yeah, just to to finalise Abu Bakr, you know, if anyone has 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 been touched by any of the issues we've discussed tonight, give me a message, or if you want. You know, get in touch with an organisation like the Muslim Youth Helpline. Give it a search. They're a great initiative that you know are open to to listen to the youth. If you're having problems with drugs, alcohol, problems at home, you know someone is there for you. We're here for you. Speak up. Go to your local imam. You know, if you don't want to speak to them, get some counselling. There are ways to to release that energy and and the problems that that we're going through as youth. You're not alone. And turning on to tomorrow's show, I'm having to wrap this up. I've got thirty seconds left before we go off. Tomorrow's show is a big one as well. It's all about gaming and technology. We're going to discuss social media, electric cars, you know, YouTube, influencers, everything like that. Please join us tomorrow. I just want to say thank you to every single person. Jazakallah to all those listening in, not only in Glasgow, but around the world. I've made as many of the points as I could. Forgive me if I didn't make your point online, but it's been such a busy show. Jazakallah to all the guests. Jazakallah to Brother Seth for the research. And to all the listeners, you know, forgive me if we've said anything wrong tonight. We've, we've tried to show that we're mature young adults. And uh, you've been listening to Radio Ramadan's Late Night Live Show. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content. 